Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parashah Vayeshev, the famous Parashah in which Joseph is sold by his brothers because he's very much hated by them into slavery and he's taken down to Egypt and we see how this boy Joseph he was just 17 years old when he came into Egypt a very extremely handsome boy and um, and he ends up in the house of a very uh, important man called Potiphar he was a very very important man in Egypt and he becomes a slave there and he becomes a master to his master because you know he had charm he had intelligent he was intelligent and he was smart and he was hardworking. and so he takes a very big liking to joseph and he makes him like the right hand of his house and um, what happens there is that his wife uh, likes this boy she finds him very attractive she wants to really have a relationship with him and uh, she's seducing him it says in the torah in the midrash that she used to wear different clothes uh, during the day to seduce him like what she wore in the morning she wouldn't wear in the afternoon and what she wore in the at night was not what she wore in the afternoon and she became very very fixated with this young man and she really wanted to um to seduce him and have an intimate relationship with him so we see that there came a day in which was a national holiday in Egypt. It was a day that people went to worship the idols. And, um, and the Torah describes it as that it came that fateful day when he entered the house to do his work and none of the household staff was there, was inside. And the only person that was inside this house was actually Potiphar's wife who was waiting for him. And so the question is, why, what does does the Torah mean that he came uh, to do his work what he came actually to do was to have a relationship with this woman that's what he came to do but at the end he he had a vision of his father he saw the face of his father and he couldn't do it and he ran away from this huge temptation and uh, the story goes that she was able to grab to onto his cloak and then she said that he was that he was trying to rape her and because of this he ended up 12 years in a prison in egypt and um, and we see that it's 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 astonishing how this boy that was hated by the brothers was sold into slavery, ended up in Egypt at the end in a prison at the end became the viceroy of Egypt, the most important person in Egypt apart from Pharaoh. So the question is, why was this episode recorded in such detail in the Torah? Because it's like a, a telenovela, it's like a soap opera, really. Like all these episodes is like a soap opera. And uh, nothing that's written in the Torah really is more or less. It's just exact. It, it needs to convey a message to us that is a transgenerational, that it applies to us today in our, in our days. And so the objective of these Torah chapters is to relate uh, the story of how the first uh, of how the first Jewish family came into Egypt. So, by by um, Joseph having to live through all these ordeal in his life, this was the beginning 
of the preparation of the Jewish people coming into Egypt and relocating in Egypt with that big famine that they experienced later on. So why did the Torah find it necessary to relate the story of Joseph, of his ugly struggle with his, with his master's wife? Why, why is this put there? Why is it important for us to, to know about this? Why is it important, uh, all the details uh, and the details of his, of his imprisonment, of him being put into jail? So the Midrash explains the meaning of the phrase that Joseph entered the house to do his work and none of the household staff was there. And what type of work did he come to do? And the Midrash says the work Joseph, Joseph came to do was to yield to her advances. So when he came that day, he was going to have a good time. That's why he was going. And after all of her unceasing uh, pleas, Joseph finally succumbed to her temptations and he was ready to materialize this relationship and um, he was stopped when he saw the face of his father. And so here again one must ask, what was it about Jacob's visage that inspired Joseph to deny such powerful temptation? What in that face of his father, what did he see that was able to stop him in his tracks and just run out and not fall into this um, huge temptation? And this is why he's known as Joseph Hatzalik, uh, none other, uh, no other brother of his. There were old Salikim, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moshe, Aaron. Nobody else in the Torah is named Hatzalik except Joseph. And it is precisely because he was able to contain himself and not fall into a sexual uh, temptation, which is something very hard to contain. So let us reflect more closely on the psychological and physical conditions of Joseph during the, that day when he was, uh, was almost alert into this relationship. We have to understand he was an 18 year old boy from a foreign country. He was a young guy with all his hormones in bloom and uh, he was alone. He was very lonely. He was a Jew and this was something very rare in Egypt. There were no Jewish people there. So he was basically alienated from society. He was like a slave. He was lonely and he felt unloved and he felt that he was almost killed by his brothers. Imagine the feeling that he had, like a trauma is understated for him. So he did not have friends. He did not have family. And he thought, the father thought he was dead. So also he was thinking about his father, how he was dealing with this. And he was hated by his brothers. So one would only imagine the profound sense of loneliness that must have pervaded him at that time. And in context, one can see like, okay, this beautiful woman wants to take care of him, wants to make him feel loved and wanted. Like it would, it, 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 you could say, okay, you could say, okay, it, it would be normal for him to fall into this temptation. And, uh, and we wouldn't see it such, such a horrible thing because we could, Mentally, we could rationalize the act. And we see that uh, here, really the Torah, what is telling us is that really this act would have been completely immoral for him to end up with a married woman, even though the Torah was not given yet and, uh, and, um, and he wouldn't have been paying for a sin 
as if the Torah was given, but nevertheless, it was an immoral thing and he knew it. He knew it was not okay to end up with the wife of someone else. So we see that here, uh, that this uh, wife of Potiphar, she had so much power and she could put Joseph to live the life of a, in paradise, an idyllic life, or she could just ruin his life. And he decided that, okay, let her ru ruin my life because I'm not gonna be able to live uh, with a good conscience thinking that I did something that was not okay. So we see that what was the secret of his rectitude, of him being such a righteous human being, and what empowered such a lonely person to be able to stay strong and not fall into these temptations. And the Talmud presents an oral Jewish tradition that says the beauty of Jacob reflected the beauty of Adam. And so the first human being, Adam Harishon, who we know uh, sinned, he was the first person to sin, the first person to go against Hashem's desires, Hashem's will, uh, he knew that this Adam had changed the whole whole history for humanity because of this sin that he committed and um, and he changed it forever we're till today we're paying for that till today humanity is paying for that original sin and so you think that okay i do something insignificant in my life something that only concerns me and the person involved nobody's gonna be hurt nobody's gonna know nobody's gonna it's not gonna make a difference either in anybody's life but at the end, he realized, like, eating from a single fruit, from a tree that was prohibited, look what made such a mess in the world. So why? Because every single human being is part of the knot. We're not separate entities. We think, okay, I'm me and you're you and whatever I do in my life that has nothing to do with you, you know, live and let live. And yes, it sounds very nice, but at the end of the day, everything I do has an effect on your life and everything you do has an effect on my life. And not only my life, in the world uh, as a whole. And uh, we're interconnected. It says, Hasidu teaches that the, 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 the butterflies moving their wings in Thailandia, in Thailand, can have an effect of a tsunami somewhere else on the other side of the globe. So we do have um, uh, unconscious uh, capacity to change world events with our behaviors. And uh, we know from COVID, if we learned something from that, that uh, an invisible virus that nobody could see except on a telescope, on a, on a, on a Petri dish. Uh, people can see it, can smell it, can nothing, and suddenly it took over the world, got everybody sick. I think there's rarely one person in this world that didn't get it. And, um, and, and we see how one insignificant little virus can really create such havoc in the world, not only health-wise, but also uh, economics, uh, the banks, inflation, everything. It disrupted the whole system. So we see that it's true what the Torah is telling us here. That's why it takes such detail into showing every little act that happened that day, how he ran away, how she grabbed her, his cloak, how he was put in prison. Everything is recorded because really what the, this Torah portion is trying to tell us is that 
a little, little thing that a person does can change the world forever. And so this is the reason for the Torah recording of this story. And we have to remember that during our lonely moments of misery, when people are sad and miserable and angry, and we're seeing so much of that today, and feel that nobody cares about them and that they're indifferent, we have to see that we have to be morally upright people, that we cannot fall into immorality because this not only is not gonna fix the problem, it's gonna make it worse. And so, um, and so here, Rabbi Yossi Jacobson, he says, if only you open your eyes, you will see the visage of your father whispering to you through the silent winds of history that you're not isolated, a creature in a titanic world whose behavior is inconsequential at this very moment. God, need, God needs you and me to bring redemption to the world. So what we have to see here is that we must, we must, it's very important, we must have moral clarity. We must have people that we look up to, people that are righteous individuals that are in their conduct, they're, they're flawless. And we should really try to be like them. It's not that we're meant to be tzaddikim, but we at least can emulate their ways and we can try to be like these very holy people in this world and act accordingly to that and not fall into temptations that eventually will create a, a worse, a worse uh, outcome to us. Um, I read a beautiful story of a rabbi that someone's story, a joke, however you want to call it, a rabbi, a, a man comes to him and he says, Rabbi, I have a lot of problems. I have these very bad thoughts in my head. They're driving me crazy. How do I get rid of them? It's so hard. And the rabbi said, it's not hard. It's not hard. There's one word you need to put in your head. No, no. Every time you have a bad thought and every time you have a temptation to do something that is not right, no, just say no. No, I can't do this. I come from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I come from this holy nation. How can I ever do this? How can I do this to my father in heaven? Just say no. Get that word in your mouth. Become Mr. No. No, I'm not going to do this. No, I'm not going to do this. No, I'm, no, it's not right. It's not right. This is not what the Torah says. I should live like this. And this is part of why this is so important to learn in detail because we have to understand that really we can always say no we always have that choice to not fall into the wrong side so i want to wish you a blessed week this is the week of hanukkah Haksamea, may the light of hanukkah shine within you that you should take it with you everywhere you go and that we should see revealed open miracles like the miracles of the story of Hanukkah in which a few fought against many and they won that war and the miracle of the oil which really lit up the world for eight days a little jug of one day ended up being a bright and lighting the world for eight days so we should see these types of miracles in our days and we should connect to the truth so remember, live a little higher. Thank you.